Well, thank you so much. It is so wonderful to join your meeting. My name is Lauren. I live in Tucson, Arizona. And the reason that I was invited to your meeting is because Jenny attended one of the Tucson meetings a couple of months ago. It was a relapse recovery meeting, one that I helped uh, start a few years ago. And we're so glad to have any of you join our meeting. It meets Tuesday evenings, 5.30 Arizona time. At the present time, Arizona is one hour ahead of California. Well, my ties are to California. I was born and raised in Los Angeles. I went to college at the University of California at Berkeley. And I have two sisters who live right nearby you in the Bay Area. Uh, a few years ago, uh, I was invited to house sit for a friend of mine in San Francisco. And I went there for a period of three weeks, not knowing what I was going to do, having no plan whatsoever, dog sit and house sit. But the one commitment I did make was to go to an OA meeting every single day if I could. And I still remember such strength and recovery in the OA meetings that I went to in San Francisco. In particular, I remember, I remember driving, I guess on the 101 for pretty far south. And then it was a writing meeting. I had never been to a writing meeting before. It was wonderful. We read for today and then wrote about it and then shared. But anyway, here's my story. I am the queen of relapse. I first came to OA when I was about 26 years old. And uh, that was not for me. God had nothing to do with food. I couldn't understand it walked away, came back in my 30s. And this time I was desperate enough to embrace the program. And I worked the first three strips for five years. I lost some weight, looked great, felt great, was able to change my career through the strength of the program and then went into relapse, gained weight and basically didn't come back to OA for maybe 20 years, something like that. And uh, then in the last 10 years. I've been in and out of OA quite a bit. Um, eventually, I got sponsors in Tucson, Arizona, and uh, each one of them, they wanted me to write an inventory. There was no way I was willing to admit to another human being my imperfections. No way. Miss Perfectionist, no way. I couldn't do it. And both times I quit OA again. Very defiant. I was not willing to listen to instructions. And so again, I went into relapse. Weight was never my issue. I never gained a hundred pounds. I might've gained 10 pounds, but it was the 10 pounds of chain, chains to shame and guilt and self-hatred. And that's the story of my relapse. And I'm my, the back, the, what it was like before. About three and a half years ago, uh, my husband got very ill and went into the hospital for maybe the 50th time, I don't know. And to handle that, what did I turn to? Food. I went to Costco the very night that he was admitted to the hospital and I bought my binge food and I binged all night because that was the way I coped with trauma with difficulties and obstacles. And the next morning I woke up and I said, you know what, God, binging again today is not gonna help my husband get better. It's not gonna help me help take care of him. 
help me, God. I literally asked God for one day of abstinence of no binging. And I got it. It was a miracle. I couldn't believe it. And two days later, I dragged myself back to the only OA meeting that I remembered where it was in Tucson. And that was number one. And number two, I shared. I shared about the shame of binging. I shared about the fear of losing my husband, the fear that he was in the hospital, everything was going wrong and it was very bad. And I just asked everybody to help support me, pray for me. And that turned into a 10 days of abstinence. Of course, then I started going to meetings a lot. Then I started building upon that. I started reading for today every day. I started, I took out my for today workbook and I started writing an answer to the question every day that after I read the for today. And about a month later, uh, I started writing my action plan every day. Uh, and that was what I was going to do to stay in recovery that day. And then I actually called my old sponsor and I asked her to sponsor me. And then the true miracle, somebody in OA was offering a 12-step workshop. Now you have to understand, I was had been in and out of OA for over 30 years. And I was very familiar with the first three steps, maybe even the fourth step, but there was no way that I ever went through all the steps. And I only had about a month of abstinence at that time. And my husband was still in the hospital and it was a you know, crazy time. But I said, I'm going to try that workshop. And that just turned my life around because it was the first time in a structured environment with group support that I was willing to work the steps, talk about them. I did my fourth step inventory with very helpful worksheets. I admitted my character defects. I shared them. And it was the most supportive experience I've had. And so I'm now a complete convert. Now, for the last three and a half years, I have truly embraced recovery every day. I do something to stay on the path of recovery. Now, about two months into this, you know, back into the program three years ago, somebody from Texas came to Tucson and she ran a relapse recovery workshop. And of course, of there I was. And uh, she talked about something I had never even heard of called conscious contact with God ritual. Well, what was that? Well, it was a structured action plan every morning where I would reach out to God in a very repetitive way every single morning. And after she talked about it and explained it, I started doing it and I do it almost every morning now. What is my conscious contact with God ritual? It starts while I'm in bed in the morning. I say the first three steps then I say the serenity prayer, and then I say the third step prayer. Then after my coffee, of course, and maybe an hour later, I get to the computer and I write my action plan for the day. The action plan is not a to-do list that I'm gonna go to the supermarket or do this or that. It is, I'm going to read page 86 to 87 of the big book. I am going to read my favorite affirmations I am going to write 
uh, an answer to a question in a workbook I'm going to read for today. And um, then I'm going and I'm going what I'm going to do later in the day, I'm, I'm, I commit to making an outreach call or going to a meeting or something. It doesn't have and I sometimes I don't do everything, but it's all about what I plan to do that day. My action plan does not involve food. I do not commit my food to anyone, including my sponsor. No one It's just between me and God. Uh, once I stopped binging, I just decided to start eating very healthy. And that's exactly what I do. I make healthy choices. Something else that I did early on in recovery, I forgot to mention, I think this is important. It's a visual aid. When I went into the supermarket and my red light binge foods were calling out to me on a difficult day, um, I would imagine that the bag or the package had a skull and crossbones on it, like danger zone, danger zone, poison. And that helped me to walk through that aisle or not even go into that aisle. Also, the pamphlet before you take that first compulsive bite, I still read it. I still carry it in my purse. I'm on my, what, 50th copy because they wear out and tear. And uh, I love reading a paragraph or two of that. Whenever I'm in a danger zone, it just snaps me right back into staying on the path of recovery. Um, let's see. So that's at the initial time three years ago, what was I doing? I joined that workshop. I started the Conscious God ritual every morning. Now, three years later, I have led that workshop twice in Tucson, the 12-step uh workshop trying to help other people doing my 12th step work i whenever i travel which was before covid um i would go to oa meetings anywhere and everywhere because i love seeing how other people do things because the way in tucson is not the only way for example we don't clap in our meetings like i know in the bay area especially in palo alto they clap after people share and after we don't clap here in tucson so it's fun to see different ways of doing things um I use the tools, I telephone people, I like to write. Uh, those are, they were very hard at the beginning, telephone and writing, but now I realize they are such helpful tools to help me walk through the fears. Now, what have I done in abstinence in the last three years? Well, I buried my husband, he did die. He died and I was abstinent. And I picked up his ashes at the crematorium. I wrote a eulogy, I wrote his obituary, I, I had a celebration of light, all abstinent, asking God to help me for the right words and the courage to go through that. And that was very difficult. Fast forward two years later, after he died, I actually started dating. Wow, was that a scary experience? Um, not currently dating, but the only reason I'm doing this is because I asked God for courage to replace the fears of dating and going forward in my life. And I, I, I really do. I try to write down what I'm afraid of. And then I try, I ask God, I pray that God will help me replace those fears with courage to take action. One baby step in that direction. I, I haven't made sweeping changes quickly. Everything is slowly also in the last three years, I was already retired from my career, but I went back to work. I was totally scared of going back to work because I thought I wasn't smart enough and I was very, I thought I was stupid, not good enough, et cetera, et cetera.
but the program helped me get through my fears. And now two years into my part-time work, I'm loving it and I'm really good at it. So there you have it. These are extreme big changes in my life that I can only attribute to God's divine presence in my life. Something that I do when it's hard, it's not always easy. And for people in relapse, we know that. Sometimes we struggle, food calls out to us. What do I do? I listen to a lot of podcasts. I know San Francisco, had, you have your own podcasts, but my particular favorites are the Los Angeles Overeaters Anonymous podcasts. They have speakers bureau with over a hundred speakers on the list at all, any given time. I went to the OA birthday party in January. It was on Zoom. The speakers were fabulous. If any of you are interested this coming summer, um, Tucson is hosting a region three. I know you're not in region three, but Tucson's in region three OA conference all weekend. We're going to have fabulous speakers and fabulous workshops. I listen to the recordings of the birthday parties or speakers because if I'm in the kitchen preparing food, I like to uh, think about uh, the program recovery. It helps me. Um, I also prepare my, some of the other just helpful tints, I prepare my food in advance. About once a week, I cook all my food that I might want, be, I might, I might want to eat that week. And I have it in the refrigerator or the freezer ready to go. I never come in my house hungry without knowing that there's food in the refrigerator because I know that's a danger zone. No way. Also, every day that I go out, I take food with me so that I have my lunch with me or dinner or where, whatever my plan is for that day. It is in my cooler in my car. Okay, another big thing that I did about a year into my most recent abstinence of which is about three and a half years. You have three minutes. Okay, thank you. I quit Diet Coke and Diet Dr. Pepper. Oh my God, for 40 years. I was addicted to diet Dr. Pepper. I was scared to give that up, as scared as I was of giving up my binge food. So scared. And I just prayed for the willingness. That's how we that's how I begin. There's no way I can start something just right away. I have to start with a prayer for the willingness. So I prayed for the willingness to quit Diet Coke and Diet Dr. Pepper. And about three months later, God gave me that gift. I woke up in the morning and instead of drinking my diet, Dr. Pepper, as soon as I woke up, I poured it down the kitchen sink and I asked for one day of no diet, Dr. Pepper. And now it's three years. It's three years with none. And that's how we do this program. One last thing I want to mention, in addition to abstaining from my red light binge foods, there are certain red light eating behaviors that I abstain from. And I urge all of you to think about what they might be for you. For me, eating in front of the television was a big one uh, because if my program wasn't done, I would go get more food. So now I do not eat in front of the television anymore. Also, I do not eat in my car, except if I have stopped and I'm eating the food that I brought with me. In other words, I don't like grab any kind of fast food or binge food and eat it while I'm driving. I haven't had to vacuum my car for crumbs in over three years. That is a miracle to me. I mean, truly. So what can I say? Thank you so much. If you are struggling, please start praying for the willingness to 
let the sunshine of your spirit shine through because we are all children of God. We all have something to contribute. God loves us and God's wa God wants us to be abstinent so that we can be the best people that we are one day at a time. One last thing. Okay. I do not count my abstinence. I do not keep track of it because I've relapsed so many times that I'm afraid of relapsing again. So I don't keep, raise my hand with 30 days or three years of abstinence because I do one day at a time. When I wake up in the morning, I thank God for the last 24 hours of abstinence and I ask God for another 24 hours of abstinence. And that's how I do the eating plan. That's how I do the program, one day at a time. Thank you so much. <laughs>